the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is the Pro-America Report on The Answer, San Diego. Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. In a few moments, we'll talk with John Schlafly, the great John Schlafly, about his column this week with his brother Andy, the Schlafly Report, which is available at townhall.com. Townhall.com, our sister site for the Salem Radio Network, but also available archived over at phyllisschlafly.com. phyllisschlafly.com, and go check that out. Okay, well, what you need to know today is lessons across the world and a lesson that's coming home. I hate to sound like uh, Reverend Jeremiah Wright, but the chickens may be coming home to roost. What you need to know is our open borders policy, the overt policy of the Biden administration to reverse any of the restrictions on immigration, it seems, to open up the borders, it's about to get exponentially worse. In the next six weeks, the federal government will continue to prepare. And Todd Benzman will talk about this, too, our great friend at the Center for Immigration Studies. He's been on the program a lot. We'll have him on again. And what we know is the government is preparing for a late May, I think it's May 23rd, shift in policy called Title 42. And after that shift, we will have... I, between 15 and 20,000 per day, people coming across the border and they're preparing for it. They're both preparing to come because they will be let in. And they're also, we're also preparing with like emergency management camps and tents and all to handle this effort to allow people to come into our country. Think about what's happening. And, and what I mentioned about lessons around the world. If you look at what happened just a few days ago in Hungary, and I'm going to talk, I think next week, could be tomorrow, with uh, Adam Balzac, uh, Balz, Bal, Balzash, Balzash uh, who is one of the senior members of the um, ruling party, the governing party in Hungary, Fidesz. And just a few days ago, Fidesz won a resounding success, won everything, super majorities in the legislature. Prime Minister Orban is reelected. And the, the, one of the main issues is that the Hungarian government has said we will secure our borders. They make no qualms about it. They make no they don't hide from it. They say we must have a border, we must secure it. We are a nation, the nation requires it. And Orban won. All of Europe has been criticizing Orban and Hungary and by extension Poland, a similar situation in Poland. They've been criticizing them over and over again. Out of touch, not the right thing to do. Meanwhile, the EU And the European nations in the EU that have allowed wholesale rampant uh, immigration has seen the transformation of their nations. And uh, another two weeks from now, or about 10 days, actually, uh, there will be another election in France. And right now, the, the conservative party in France that is overtly for the borders and ceasing immigration is surging in the polls. We'll see if they can pull it off. I think France may be too far gone in terms of the left-leaning ideology and the voters. But my point is this. You know, there are many issues that are making all of us very nervous. If you talk about the politics, you talk about, more importantly, the everyday life of the American people. Costs are going up. That's inflation. 
Uh, you know, the the uh, gas prices are going up. That affects everything around us. The the prospect of war is terrifying in the world, and you you can't really trust the media on any aspect of any of it. We've got crime in our cities that seems to be a problem that if it was covered, you'd see it. Uh, if it's not covered by the media, you don't know it. But if you live there, you feel it. And so we got all these issues. But I would submit to you that of all the issues that were being faced, the one issue that has the possibility of transforming, in fact, the likelihood of transforming the nation, the nation, is this question of the borders and immigration. Because the nation is a, a gathering of people who share values and share the rule of law and have knitted together. The American nation is based on the Judeo-Christian values, yes. The Christian ethic, yes. The Constitution, for sure. And it's not so much that the people that are coming don't share their values, although I'm not sure that they all do. What they're coming into now is a nation that is not – we're not educating our kids you know, we're not we're not true. We're not we're not willing to believe we don't have the confidence in our nation, in our nationhood. We have been so browbeaten. This is my fear. I'm hoping it's not true, but it's we've been so browbeaten by the culture, by the cancel culture, by the popular culture, by the uh, the powers that be. The narrative machine is a part of it, big government, big tech, and big media. We've been so browbeaten that we're not even confident in our nation. We're not even confident in our nation, and we're willing to just let it go. And so, But I don't think we are. I don't think we are. And I'll give you a couple examples. In 2020, the Republicans were supposed to lose everywhere. They were supposed to lose the presidency. They were supposed to lose the House and Senate dramatically. They weren't supposed to you know, even be anywhere close. And, of course, they won lots of seats that they weren't supposed to win in the House and Senate. It was tight, and it was a tie, basically, in the Senate, and very, very close in the House. They gained some seats, actually. And if you take away the five jurisdictions that were somewhat odd, uh, then Donald Trump wins the presidency, perhaps, right? So my point here is that the polling all told the American people, and they were told, oh, you know, the, 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 the Trump agenda, America first, being rejected. Just like in Hungary, in the days coming up to the election, the election was last Sunday— the election was Sunday, the 3rd of April, when all the polling was saying, oh, my gosh, can you believe it? It's unbelievable. Orban is in real trouble. And then the then the public voted. So the polls are lying, is my opinion. The polls are set up to try to lie. But what did the poll, what did the people vote for? They voted for an explicitly nation-focused defense of the nation, Hungarian government. The, explicitly. Which is exactly what happened in 2016, it's a lot of what happened in 2020. I think it's going to be what happens in 2022. But here's the challenge. We have such a problem in this nation now, in this country, in the world, but in this nation, of getting to the truth. You have to work hard to hear me talk about it. If you go to ProAmericaReport.com, do a search for Todd Benzman, B-E-N-S-M-A-N, who's at the Center for Immigration Studies, and he's on the show about once every two weeks. Do a search for his segments. Just listen to his segments with me. There's probably 10 of them. And when you're done, you'll be informed on the basics of what's going on and, uh, and the problem, the threat to our national security at the border, the threat to our nation at the border, the imbalance of power at the border, the corruption at the border. And so we have a nation 
that for lots of reasons that don't that aren't really explainable uh, in one simple message, you know, lots of reasons we've been sort of put in the position where the culture says, oh, be tolerant of everybody that comes. Why not? We're America. We have a set of laws that have been over the decades allowed to slide towards sort of complete incomprehensibility. It doesn't make any sense to have birthright citizenship in America. It doesn't make sense to have uh, amnesty in America. You can't have all this and have a nation. And yet we're put in a position where we're almost afraid to fight back. That's what's at stake. What you need to know is the fundamental question right now in these next two months and then into November is what's our nation? What's it going to look like? And that starts at the border where the Biden administration has said we're, we're going to be something that looks like open borders, that looks like we're transforming the nation. And do you care? They're, they're challenging. We the people. And what you need to know is we better care. All right, we'll take a break. We'll be right back. Ed Martin here on a Pro-America Report. Back in a moment. Welcome back. Welcome back. Ed Martin here on a Pro-America Report. Time to catch up with John Schlafly. John Schlafly is one half of the dynamic duo that add up to the author of a weekly column, The Schlafly Report. Now, years ago now, about five or six years ago, the late Phyllis Schlafly was still writing her column weekly. Only took one of her, but it takes two of her sons to put this together. So I mean, that probably makes sense. And probably would take five non-Schlafly's to do uh, what Phyllis did. So two, two Schlafly's is probably close. Well, this week's column, which is available at townhall.com, our sister site, as well as archived at phyllisschlafly.com. The title is More Illegals. As Biden ends Title 42. And uh, John, first of all, before we get into this too deep, explain what Title 42 is, because um, I, I, I feel like this is this a new law in the code or a new section passed? Why is this coming up now? Well, it's a historical oddity. And mo- most of our federal laws relating to immigration are in Title VIII of the United States Code, which the United States Code has 50 titles, and Title VIII is, they're, they're listed in alphabetical order. A is for aliens, uh, <laughs> but uh, Title 42, which is public health and welfare, has a provision that authorizes the CDC, the Centers for Disease Control, to issue a rule that uh, authorizing uh, the exclusion of people coming into the country if there would exacerbate or exaggerate or, or, you know, in damage or, you know, endanger Americans due to a public health issue with a communicable disease. Well, of course, we're talking about COVID-19 and President Trump at the beginning of the pandemic in March of 2020 authorized the CDC to issue a ruling that um, people coming illegally at the border can be turned away Mm. on the grounds that they endanger Americans due to the pandemic. And uh, Biden uh, continued that to the dismay of many of his radical supporters. Biden eliminated or tried to eliminate most or all of other uh, Trump's other border protection things like the wall, like the remain in Mexico policy. But this one has continued until just last week, the CDC announced that the title 42 policy will end 
uh, on May 23rd. Uh, you know, is the pandemic over? Well, uh, you know, some requirements are being relaxed, but others are not. We still have to mask on the airlines, and yet uh, illegals crossing the border now uh, will be able to come in with impunity, and they'll be processed. Processed means, you know, they're basically allowed to stay, uh, which they should not be. Uh, while they supposedly await for a hearing, maybe five years from now. And in the meantime, they can do whatever they want. So that's the Biden immigration policy. Come one, come all. Uh, we're, talking, uh, we're talking with John Schlafly. His column uh, is up, uh, More Illegals as Biden Ends Title 42. Um, but, John, I'll ask you the question I asked Todd Bensman. I know you know Todd, too. He's at the Center for Immigration Studies. Um, is this... Is this just the the shift of an administration from one to the other? Like uh, when you get a new uh, executive, new president, you get some changes that go back one way or the other. Or or is this dramatic? Because when I read this, I think, oh, my gosh, it's, it's you use the phrase in the second paragraph. I think uh, Biden opens the floodgates. It actually feels like floodgates. It feels like the end of America. I'm not joking when I say it. It feels like you're dramatically trained because we're not Americans are not. Yet we might become this way, but we're not yet able to deport tens of thousands, even or hundreds of thousands or millions of people. We haven't got our head around that yet. So is this I mean, is this as bad as it seems? And why if it is, why isn't it a five alarm fire? It is. It should be treated as a five alarm fire. Of course, the the numbers are unprecedented. You know, we are only seeing the people who cross the border every day. But then, you know, what about the people who crossed yesterday? And the day before that, and last week, we're not seeing them. We don't know where they are. They've been dispersed around the country, and yet they're somewhere inside our borders. You know, two or two or three million people. We don't. I don't think the administration yeah. is and has a good. John, is it? Is it? Is, 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 is John? Is it? Is it? Um, is what the Biden administration doing? Just as a threshold matter, is it? Is it illegal? Is there a way you can go to court and say what Biden is doing is illegal? I mean, you can go to court and say he's destroying the country. He's not doing his duty. Let's impeach him. But is changing the policy of Title Forty Two sort of within the range? And then, if it's within the range, then of what a president's allowed to do, then what we're making an, a, an argument here is a political argument about what is. I mean, it's a policy argument too but we're saying this is uh so is it illegal what he's doing well the title 42 policy uh is arguably within a range uh okay. because okay. it does depend on a, a, a factual finding that there is a communicable disease that is being uh you know endangered with americans being endangered by uh migrants crossing the border who would introduce a communicable disease into our population. Now, there, there's a lot of facts embedded in that, which would right. have to be proved in court. And, uh, but the larger question, Ed, is whether anybody, whether they're diseased or not, can just come into our country of and course. just do whatever they want uh, on, the, on, the, on the theory that they're going to apply for asylum and the judges are so backed up that their case will not be heard for another five or more years. And in the meantime, they can do whatever they want and they can marry, have children and pretend to be Americans, even though the vast majority of their claims for asylum are not legitimate and will ultimately be rejected. But by that time, 
we won't be able to find them. Uh, we're talking with John Schlafly and again, his column, which runs over townhall.com and then is archived at phyllisschlafly.com with his brother, Andy, more illegals as Biden ends title 42. Okay, John. So it's a five alarm fire, um, but let me get some more details here. It's a five alarm fire so much so that you're in your column, you refer to ABC news reporting that the department of Homeland security has a 16 page strategic plan for what happens after title 42. So title title 42, it, it will be, uh, will lapse or be reversed on February, tw- uh, February, um, May 23rd, I think is the date or somewhere around then. And, and DHS has a plan because they're going to have up to 18,000 encounters per day. We're going to have tent cities. Aren't we? We're going to have, um, we're going to have, I mean, and so, what what's po- you write this column eight weeks before or six weeks before this is coming? What's possible? I see uh, Joe Manchin, the senator from uh, West Virginia, Democrat, complaining. I saw um, uh, another Democrat, uh, Senator Kelly of Arizona, complaining. But it's their party doing it. Um, what could happen, John? What's a solution? Is there one? Uh, the numbers are the, the 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 administration is recognizing that the numbers are going to go up, and they could go up by a lot. And the, 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 the Biden's main reaction is to, you know, make it more efficient to streamline the numbers of people, which means not to impose the restrictions, not turn them back. No, they're not talking about turning them back, which they should do. People show up, you know, without papers, without the right to come here. They should be turned back, should be sent back. Uh, but the, Biden is not even considering doing that. Instead, they're making it easier to streamline uh, the redistribution and resettlement of these tens of thousands of people every day to all parts of the United States, where they will get lost in the general population. And basically, the Biden is changing our country by doing that. And even after the election, it will be hard to go back and reverse that. Um, John Schlafly, uh, over the last few days, um, there has been a series of elections across the country um, in places like St. Louis County, of which I'm most familiar. Um, You know, the the quote unquote conservatives running for school board won um, incumbents lost. I I, you and I were exchanging early morning uh, email or text and in Norman, Oklahoma, a, you know, a kind of liberal uh, city, the um, Democrat incumbent tossed out for a Republican hasn't happened in 20 years, 20 plus years. Uh, But it looks like the dissatisfaction is based primarily on it looks like i'm not saying i know i haven't seen polling and i I don't know i don't know if i trust polling anyway it looks like it's based on the insanity of the school boards choosing to do masks the insanity of the school boards doing crt uh the out of touch you know the the racist policies of the school teachers unions my 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 assertion by the way um and also in places like Norman, Oklahoma, at least anecdotally, you know, defund the police is a disaster. You're seeing some of that. OK, John, this Title 42 is going to change the whole country. I mean, it's a tipping point. Are voter, do voters care? Do they notice? And if they notice, do they care? We'll see if they care, Ed. But uh, my, my, as I said a minute ago, Ed, my concern is that there's not a lot of visibility for what happens to these people after they get through the border, mm-hmm. because we're now looking at perhaps, you know, certainly over two million people since Biden has become president. Now, where are those people now? 
Uh, honestly, I don't know. There's been some coverage of the late night charter flights that arrive in out of the way regional airports where uh, the migrants are then herded off the plane and then put onto chartered buses. And then they get on the highway and go off somewhere. We don't know where they're going. Um, of course, a, you know, a busload of people is 40, but, you know, so it's taken off a lot of busloads of people to, we, we, we know that over 2 million people have come across the border and, but we don't know where they are. Hmm. And, um, you know, this is a very serious thing. And, uh, you know, we've got to get a handle on this because none of these people came through the proper procedures. These yeah. numbers of people are on top of the people who came legally, yeah. who came with uh, visas, who came with and who are applying for green cards and that kind of thing. These numbers are over and above that. Yeah. Massive it's, numbers of people. Well, you know, and, and, and my for our friends, our mutual friends in Poland and Hungary, you ask them about this and they say in Poland, everybody's welcome to come uh, and work, but you can never become a citizen and you can't stay. And you do, and they get and in America because of our social services safety net and because of America, people never leave. And frankly, the, the, uh, as the politics ebb and flow, the effort to give amnesty and, and again, transfer, transform the voting uh, population continues. All right, John, I got to run. I got to leave it there. John Schlafly, everybody, his column is uh, over at townhall.com, but also archived at phyllisschlafly.com. More illegals as Biden ends Title 42. He's John and Andy are about six weeks ahead of what's happening. And you're going to start to see this issue, I hope, get more attention in the in the media because um, it's a fundamental issue. And I do think John's right. As voters understand it or citizens understand it, they're going to object and uh, they're going to want something different. So thank you very much, John. Uh, we'll talk again next week. John Schlafly, everybody. Um, we'll be right back. Don't forget, visit ProAmericaReport.com. You can listen to this segment. We'll put it up there and sign up for the daily email. Be right back. Ed Martin here on the Pro America Report. Talk to you in a moment. Welcome back. Welcome back. Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Been looking forward to speaking with our, with our next guest, uh, Pastor Scott LaPierre. He is a, the senior pastor over in Woodland, Washington at Woodland Christian Church. He's an author. He speaks all around the country. Uh, he and I were talking offline. He did a master's degree over at Liberty University. We've got so many people that come on and, and I know that are so um, well-educated, well-formed, having studied Liberty, so it's great. And uh, I, think, I think he was bragging. I'm not totally sure, but he, he was sort of bragging. <laughs> And that he has nine children. He wasn't bragging. He just was explaining. We were talking about he and his wife, Katie, nine children uh, do a lot of homeschooling and a lot happening. His new book, which is called Your Marriage, God's Way, A Biblical Guide to Christ-Centered Relationship, Harvest House Publishers. And I'll put the links up. Uh, Welcome, Pastor Scott. How are you? I'm doing great, Ed. Thanks for having me. It's good well, to be here. Well, yeah, nice to have you. And scottlapierre.org is where you can see a lot of his writings and all. So first of all, I, I hate to do, do it like this, but how do you talk about marriage in the wilderness we're living in the cultural wilderness and just try it's try to bring people out of it i mean it's like you're out here in the wilderness and the message all around you is the opposite in my opinion of what i think god meant for marriage and you've got Mm -hmm. to try to bring it back how how hard is the sell Mm -hmm. well believe it or not ed because people deviate from god's word they have problems in their marriages, which yep. causes them to want to look for help. And yeah. so it's kind of an easy sell because marriage is so uh, familiar to, you know, so many people. We're not talking about something 
decidedly Christian that only a few people be familiar with, like maybe mission work or something. Unbelievers are, are married and they want to have joyful, mm. healthy relationships. And so I start preaching on marriage in my church. I think it's going to be a month and it ends up being close to a year because people mm. are so hungry for marriage content. And then I, I took those sermons and turned it into uh, this book and accompanying workbook. And there's a real hunger out there for people to have healthy marriages. And so when you tell them that God created marriage, that he's the author of it, and he knows what marriage should look like, and maybe the way that you've been doing it hasn't been working, and so you might want to consider the way the author of marriage has has designed the roles and responsibilities, people are receptive to that. We're talking with Pastor Scott LaPierre, his book, Your Marriage, God's Way. Uh, again, I'll put it up on uh, social media. ScottLaPierre.org is his website. Um, the okay and I hear you. And so I, you're right. In a way, I think people are more devastated and therefore they're looking. Um, on the other hand, uh, the antagonism uh, towards mm-hmm. be even saying and, and functioning um, in God's word and in his teaching on this, it's it's palpable. Like you can you can get you can almost say that you're interested in satanic stuff and people will be like, well, that's kind of misguided. But whatever. Mm-hmm. If you say, oh, my gosh, I think marriage is a man and a woman. People are like, mm-hmm. oh, this is you really are a bigot. Uh, it's amazing. And it's happened so fast. Mm-hmm. You're right. We're, we're definitely seeing an incredible deviation from God's word and what he designed. Then I think we've seen it any time throughout all human history. Um, and it is, it is difficult to hold to biblical principles or tell people what God's word says, because it can offend people when it contradicts their lifestyles or, or their beliefs. Um, and so, yeah, if you're going to, if you're going to hold to scripture, and tell people what the Bible says. And yeah, you're going to make, you're going to reach some opposition for sure, Ed. Uh, well, again, Pastor Scott LaPierre is our guest. Um, you know, my old boss, the late Phyllis Schlafly, who was such an astute observer of American uh, life and all, and even, and she was an a- activist too, but she often talked about how the shift to no fault divorce was such a profound mm-hmm. change because everybody that's married knows it's hard work. It's not always easy. It was never easy, really. Um, but it's what God asked you to. And once you're in, you've been transformed. I mean, that's what it's, it's, it's not a, you can't, you don't untransform yourself, but that's really one of the factors. I mean, isn't it? I mean, people say, well, we're just incompatible. Therefore it's better for each of us to go our separate ways. And with no fault divorce and frankly, the uh, energy spent by I would say feminism, but certainly just the culture to, to encourage divorce. That's what people do. Ed, I agree with you completely. You, you said that really well. And the fact is every couple that gets married has incompatibilities or let's say irreconcilable differences. I mean, the people, that, <laughs> the people yeah. that stay married for 30, 40, 50 years, it's not because they're you know perfectly compatible and haven't weathered any storms in their relationships. The fact is they, they got married, they made a commitment to each other. And they decided to see it through because really um, every marriage is the union of two selfish, sinful people. I mean, there's nobody that can raise their hand and say, you know, I'm not selfish. I'm not a sinner. And so it's really an issue of how we're going to stay together and work through our selfishness and our sinfulness to have a relationship that's healthy and joyful and brings honor to the Lord. But the idea that people would would divorce because they're having problems. I mean, if that was the standard for for a <laughs> yeah, union, then yeah. everyone, everyone would get divorced. My wife and I would have gotten divorced, you know, in the first year of our right. or first mer- month of our marriage because <laughs> everyone has d- disagreements and conflicts, and so it's an issue of working through them, mm-hmm. learning to grow in our relationships with each other, and even more importantly, in our relationships with the Lord. And the, the nice thing about disagreements and conflicts is it reveals 
parts of ourselves that need to change uh, that the, you know, where the Lord can work in our heart. And so when we stick with our spouse and marriage can be very sanctifying, it can be very maturing and conflict, maybe more than anything else in a relationship allows us to see our weaknesses Mm -hmm. and selfishness so that we can grow. But if we run away, if we get a divorce, then we're abandoning the growth that the Lord could provide. Well, I think I I often joke, but I'm only half joking. That's why it's kind of a funny joke that God gives you marriage and a wife and children to break you down and teach you that you're nothing and you're dust, you know, and you're going to, you know, that's, that's the whole lesson I think is, and I'm only half kidding. And when I say that, uh, my wife is not listening to this segment of the program. We're talking with uh, Pastor Scott LaPierre. Um, But when people say, okay, I want to turn and look, your book is called Your Marriage God's Way. I want to go back to a, a biblical guide to Christ-centered relationship to that. The, the stumbling blocks, the, 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 you know, we, the only one that, uh, the only relationship without irreconcilable differences is God loving us. But so, well, there we, so, so there we are. And it feels like we're in a culture where failure is an end as opposed to failure is kind of the root. Um, do you see what I'm saying? And, and, and in some ways the we've set our culture up where 50 million abortions, which means some number, I don't know, let's say 30 million people have had an abortion, multiple abortions. You know, so you say it's murder. They're part of murder and it feels terrible. Mm-hmm. Right. And when people are in unfaithful, we say you're part of adultery and or you're, you're part of what. And so teaching people that the failure is 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 not the end. It's not that it's good, but that you, it's sort of a beginning. Uh, that's the challenge in this culture to me. Mm-hmm. Well said, Ed. And I think that whether it's divorce or whether it's uh, abortion, whether it's murdering yeah. babies or whether it's leaving our spouse, both of them typically come down to the same root, which is selfishness, a desire to not have to do something or put up with something or deal with something. And so in one case, it's a baby. I don't want to deal with this baby. And in the other case, it's I don't want to deal with my spouse. And and we see that people don't improve after divorces. That's, we, we look at the percent of people that have one divorce and then end up having a second or a third one because it just shows that that, that first divorce didn't fix anything, that they brought the same baggage and problems into the second relationship. And so the, be- the best solution is to, is to you know, deal with the problems at hand and grow and let the Lord work in that relationship. And, and I think you said that really well. Few things in life are going to be as sanctifying or as growth producing as having children. And, you know, I have nine kids. I, I probably recognize my selfishness and sinfulness more with every child that I have because each one of them takes more of my time and my life and my energy. And I have to sit back and say, well, you know, what, what is this about? Is it about me and what I want? Or is it about trying to serve my family and my kids and serve my wife and, and recognizing that, you know, frequently, I don't, I don't feel like it, which is a revelation to me of, of my sinfulness and selfishness. And so to have children and to be married is really one of the, one of the greatest ways for God to work in our, in our lives. Uh, again, we're talking with Scott LaPierre. If you go to scottlapierre.org, and that's LaPierre, L-A-P-I-E-R-R-E.org, you'll see all of his writings there. Uh, also, you can sign up for a newsletter, get a copy of his book. Um, and his uh, newest book is Your Marriage, God's Way, A Biblical Guide to Christ-Centered Relationship. Uh, Harvest House Publishers also, uh, he has done a workbook uh, for folks mm-hmm. that, uh, say, get active in this. Um, how uh, How much... Do you think this right right now in this history, like so politically, a lot of my show is talking politics, Pastor, mm-hmm. you know, talking about things. And and there's certainly something going on. People are dissatisfied. They're frustrated. They you know, they've always think the swamp is the swamp. But there is a sort mm-hmm. of populist edge to what's happening. And, and part of that is uh, that populism is distrust 
of authority after COVID. It's maybe worse than ever. People say these guys, I, I tried to be on your side, Fauci, because I wanted to save my granny. It turns out you misled me. I tried to uh-huh. be on your side, you know, uh, uh, you know, kind of a freedom fighter. And it turns out my uncle died of COVID. I mean, I'm confused uh-huh. by what's happened. I don't trust any authority. And now uh-huh. we're saying the one you can trust is the word of God. Now, I know you're a pastor. Well, I know you're a pastor and you'll say that's right. You have to get to faith. But how do you win back? trust a lot of people aren't trusting in institutions and one of them is marriage and one of them is the church and it's a it's a tough moment mm-hmm. i i think you're making a great point ed and you're you're touching a nerve there that uh you know is familiar to many people and you did basically you know answer for me that we're recognizing we can't look at fallible human leaders and mm-hmm. even the best human leaders and and there's a, a there are for, for any of the faults uh, in our nation, there have been some uh, wonderful leaders in the past, but even they were, they were fallible, you know, they made mistakes. And so ultimately we need to kind of lift our eyes up and, and not have a completely earthly perspective. We need to have a heavenly perspective that looks to the Lord, prays, you know, to him and seeks his direction for our lives. And then I do, I'm confident he helps us navigate through these struggles and trials, whether they're in marriage, whether they're in our family, whether they're in the workplace. I mean, the Lord wants us to be in his will. He wants to guide and direct us. And he's waiting for us to look to him for those answers. And so sure, we're going to, you know, the Bible's clear. We're supposed to respect authority, recognize it. Uh, Romans 13, uh, 1 Peter 2 discusses that very clearly, but we recognize it's, it's authority that even though it's instituted by God, it is is not perfect. And so we need, we want to look, uh, you know, to God's word and to him and to see what he says and how he would have us navigate through circumstances, how he'd have us build our families and our marriages. And I think that's where the true peace and joy and the true direction for our lives uh, comes from. I mean, God's the one who's the author of government. He's the author of marriage. He's right. the creator yep. of the family. He's really the only one that knows what uh, all these things should look like and how we should handle the the decisions and, and uh, choices that we face in our lives. Yeah. My, I did, went to Pastor Scott LaPierre. I got to finish up. But I, at this point, I think there's really there's only three choices in the culture right now to me. One is people sit around and say, I created everything. It's all in my mind or my psyche, which is tempting. Or a lot of people, these young people think, well, there's some far off. I, they talk about a simulation that somehow this is a mm-hmm. computer simulation because people play too many computers or it's God. And, and, and mm-hmm. you got to pick one of them and, you know, you just t- take a test. Which one do you, do you buy in? So Pastor Scott LaPierre, uh, his book, and I encourage people uh, check it out through his website, especially scottlapierre.org. His book, uh, the newest book is uh, Your Marriage, God's Way, A Biblical Guide to Christ-Centered Relationship. By the way, one of the things, uh, Pastor, that I find the most powerful, and I love doing these kind of interviews because of it, um, if you read, when you read the Gospels, when you read about Christ, you learn about mm-hmm. a human being, a man who mm-hmm. was among us. It wasn't a far, it wasn't a uh, holograph. It wasn't a aspirational thing. It wasn't some mm-hmm. sort of imagination. It was a man, God, man, but as a man and around us, you see men and women and you say, huh, I can relate to them. And, and I can see a man, a pastor who's got nine children and a wife and they're working and they're figuring it out. And, you know, if you look on Instagram, everybody looks perfect. Put down mm-hmm. the Instagram and go see your neighbor and you say, huh, he's not perfect, but neither am I. What a relief. I, I didn't know I was supposed to. I didn't know I could not be perfect. I think that's a, a key now. So uh, thank you for your inspiration as well as your uh, the work that you do uh, as a pastor and also your book. Thanks a lot, Ed. Yeah, I appreciate what you're doing too. And, and just really briefly, yeah. you know, you, you made a point there. I mean, did the universe create itself? No, it did not. <laughs> uh, there's a creator behind it. And then the next 
question is, well, did he create us to have a relationship with us or did he create us to be far and detached from us? Right. And, there, and there's really no greater revelation of God's desire to have a relationship with us than him coming from heaven to earth in the person of Jesus Christ, being willing to take the punishment for our sins when he hung on that cross so that we could be reconciled to him. And so the reality of, of the incarnation or, or God becoming a man in the person of Jesus Christ shows his desire to have a relationship with us yep. and be able to relate to us. And so thanks. Mm-hmm. Thanks for what you're doing, Ed. Thanks for your show and this opportunity yeah. to be here and well, share with your listeners. Yeah, thank you. And that was an excellent, excellent way to finish. Thank you. Pastor Scott LaPierre, everybody. I'll put it all up on social media. Visit ProAmericaReport.com to also sign up and, uh, and also listen to these segments. We'll take a quick break, everybody, and be right back. It's Ed Martin here on the Pro America Report, back in a moment. This is the Phyllis Schlafly Report a daily commentary continuing the conservative pro-family legacy of Phyllis Schlafly. Now the president of Phyllis Schlafly Eagles, Ed Martin. If you think you can avoid the repugnant influence of big tech by staying off social media, think again. The reach of big tech goes as far as the reach of the Internet, which is just about everywhere these days. The crowdfunding platform GoFundMe attempted to commit what is possibly the worst big tech fraud in history, when they announced their plan to steal $9 million from the Canadian Truckers Freedom Convoy. The world watched as thousands of Canadian truckers assembled in protest of COVID tyranny. However, many didn't limit their support to social media posts. Many gave their own hard-earned money to a GoFundMe fundraiser set up in support of the truckers' cause. Yet as this fundraiser grew larger and larger, GoFundMe made the decision to remove the Freedom Convoy account. That action alone would be a clear enough display of big tech tyranny, but the outrage doesn't end there. The standard GoFundMe procedure when a fundraiser is suspended is to return all the money to the donors. However, in violation of their own policy, GoFundMe announced that they would instead be redistributing the funds to what they called, quote, credible and established charities verified by GoFundMe. Somehow, I doubt the charities picked by Big Tech would align with the values of the donors who lined up in support of medical freedom. Thankfully, Big Tech didn't get away with their crime this time. After threatened legal action by the states of Florida and Texas, they promised instead to abide by their policy and return the money to donors. Though this situation could have had a much worse outcome, the facts still remain that GoFundMe revealed itself to be a Big Tech tyrant of the highest order. Had it not been for courageous conservative leaders, they likely would have stolen millions of dollars from a peaceful civil demonstration despite their decision in the past to allow funds to be raised for violent criminal activity by groups like Black Lives Matter. In the world of big tech, moral consistency is entirely optional. And don't think you can escape their reach. Whether you're on social media or not, we all have a vested interest in ending the leftist tyranny of big tech. This has been the Phyllis Schlafly Report with Ed Martin from Phyllis Schlafly Eagles. When big tech billionaires silence conservative voices on social media, the very core of American liberty vanishes. It's happening, and it's a slippery slope. At phyllisschlafly.com, we have a plan for protecting free speech. It starts with you. Please go to phyllisschlafly.com. Thanks for listening, and join us again for the Phyllis Schlafly Report. Welcome back. Welcome back. Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Um, 
Well, I just got confirmation. I mentioned earlier in the program, I will be talking with one of the senior Fidesz officials, uh, the officials at the um, uh, Hungarian governing party uh, of Prime Minister Orban, and we'll have him on the program. We'll talk about their success and what happened. Uh, and we will have uh, the great Todd Benzman on the show again uh, next week to get an update. I think, we'll have, I think I'll have Todd every week until we get through this Title 42 thing. And I mentioned um, with uh, John Schlafly, uh, the, the Democrats are realizing they will catch up to what I'm telling you. What I'm telling you is this issue is is one of the number one issues, the main issues, uh, main issue that's going to face our nation. And the Democrats catching on. Uh, Senator Mark Kelly of Arizona, the U.S. senator from Arizona, has said he opposes what Biden's doing at the border. Uh, Governor, uh, excuse me, well, he was governor. Uh, Now Senator uh, Manchin is saying the same thing. He's objecting um, to what's going on. You're going to start to see people say, and, and the political article I referred to is uh, mentioning that it is um, uh, the the <laughs> the votes, the uh, excuse me, the ads. Uh, that not so much any votes, but the ads that will be run against the Democrats is what's making the Democrats nervous. Uh, So all that's going to be happening and happening quickly. So watch that. Watch that. And we'll see. Hey, I'm going to be up in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania uh, tomorrow, and uh, we'll be having an event with uh, uh, State Senator Doug Mastriano and also uh, General Flynn, General Mike Flynn. All of that uh, tomorrow. uh, In in, uh, I'll be in Philly, but I will still have the show and we'll uh, update you on that and we'll talk again soon it's ed martin i want to say thank you as always to our great noah dingley the producer of this program as well as associate producer joanna spilger uh, and we'll be back tomorrow ed martin pro america report talk to you then this is the pro america report on the answer san diego three-star general michael j flynn head of the pentagon intelligence agency knew all the government's dirty secrets he was one of the most respected generals in the military flynn knew what the intel world had been up to he understood its funding he ordered the first audit of the use of contractors this set off alarm bells the explosive new documentary flynn deliver the truth whatever the cost and covers the facts behind this scandal flynn told the truth he was the most dangerous person for donald trump to hire i find out the worst enemy that i'm going to face in my life is right here in america they took my assessment and they wanted me to change it i was like i'm not changing it they had to get rid of flynn with in-depth interviews archival footage and never before seen personal record to the man behind the headlines i just felt like i was drowning flynn deliver the truth whatever the cost available now watch it today go to salemnow.com salemnow.com